Welcome to the PGA of Alberta podcast series. My name is Troy Mills, and I will be your host today from the home of Canada's number one golf resort, Jasper, Alberta. On today's episode, we introduce you to a young, driven, passionate leader who is currently the Director of Golf Operations at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge, a current member of the PGA of Alberta Board of Directors, and a great friend of mine, Mr. Talon Sweeney. On today's show, Talon and I will discuss how he and his team brings success each season at the JPL Golf Resort, how providing a world-class customer experience for both members and guests is key to success, and understanding their expectations of coming to the resort, how he continues to excel with innovative merchandising techniques and to continue growing the brand, some leadership qualities and skills he looks for when building his team for a successful year and a successful fit in Jasper, we will also speak with Talon today on uh, you know, how he got to where he is and the help and guidance he received from various golf professionals across the province. And how important it is to understand your market, especially moving forward in an industry that took a phenomenal growth spurt during a global pandemic. Of course, we will most certainly touch on his uncanny resemblance to Clark Kent, aka Superman, and Squints Paladeros as well. He even has a Hercules-looking dog named Arbor to go with it. His greatest golf experience? His greatest birdie here at JPL over the years. Some of the proudest moments as a golf professional? How he enjoys living in the Canadian Rockies in this little resort community we call home? And then to end things off, we see where he sees the golf industry moving forward in the years to come. I thank you for listening, and we certainly hope you enjoy today's show. Thank you for having me, Troy. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward. We're coming to you live from the, the Thompson boardroom overlooking the, the 18th hole here in Jasper. And uh, what a privilege it is when we first uh, came up with this idea of the podcast and, and thinking of some great names. And, you know, your name came to the top of the list, not only, you know, having worked with you for, for a number of years, um, but the success that you've had uh, not only here at Jasper, but other facilities and within the association. So I'm sure that our listeners here today will definitely take a couple uh, couple points away and everyone get those pens ready and the notepads and, and uh, we'll get going. My, uh, my first question for you, uh, Talon, um, you know, I think it's a pretty pretty big one. How would you uh, define customer service uh, within the golf industry and, and more particular within uh, the golf resort setting? Uh, that's a good question, Troy. Um, honestly, I would, I, would, uh, I would define it as you know, exceeding the guest's expectation um, and anticipating their needs uh, by creating a world-class golf experience from arrival uh, till departure. So those four hours to four hours and 20 minutes, um, it's nothing but first class. And I think you really need to know and understand your market. Obviously here in a resort setting, um, we have different types of golfers that are playing here. We have our members, we have our transient golfers, which is the Alberta market. Um, you have group business, 
Um, you have international golfers, so you really need to truly understand, um, you know, each of your golfers and what they are looking for. And with you know, kind of technology you can use today with your point of sale systems, you can um, you can build profiles on on every one of your players that are coming to play your your resort. Um, you can understand. Um, you know what they're looking for. You know if there's some unique details that you can pull um, for, from from them that can help create uh, a better experience. It's only going to help you. Out. Just you know, so just an example. If you're having, you know, if you have uh, a, a lady or gentleman calling and they're, you know, they're celebrating their their 30th wedding anniversary or you know they're calling to say that they're. Someone in their family used to work here at JPL in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Um, it's just small little touches that, um, you know, when they, they arrive, you can, you can really showcase um, customer service and small details with, you know, dressing up cards for, for their birthdays, um, car plates for, for special occasions. But truly understanding your, your, your profile, your guest profile can really help and elevate the guest experience. Uh, that's a phenomenal answer and, and could answer that any better myself and you touched on you know world-class uh, experience and I feel a lot of our guests uh, coming to the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge and and recognize that name and, and that brand and, and understanding you know that as you mentioned small touches uh, they go a long way and uh, people coming from from not only all over Alberta but but Canada and, and the world and um, it just uh, leaves them with that uh, lasting memory uh, as you as you said you know, I think we roll in, uh, you know, to our next question here um, after uh, talking about customer service. And um, and my question for you, uh, Talon, would you know what do you need to consider when trying to run a successful uh, golf resort uh, each day, each month, going into the off season? Uh, I think the the main things that you're going to need to focus on uh, would be kind of your your big four or your four pillars, as um, as we would call it here at Fairmont. Um, would be your, your focus on your colleagues, your guests, the owners, um, and the brand. Um, so each decision that uh, you make throughout the year, um, you know, whether it's monthly decisions or um, you know, any, any real big things you need to consider, it needs to be able to fit in all four of those, in all pillar, all four of those pillars. Um, you know, when you're making a decision for um, uh, changing the arrival experience, you know, when it comes to your colleagues, are we going to have enough individuals to man um, the, the operation to pull off uh, a different arrival experience? You know, how is the perceived value going to be of the guests? Um, are they going to enjoy uh, that arrival experience? You know, when it comes to financial decisions, um, is it going to be uh, right for the owners? Are we, are we still going to be able to be profitable? Um, and the brand, uh, all the decisions that you make, does it, is it something that um, Fairmont would like? Is it something that the, the JPL would like to see? Uh, so there, you need to really consider all four pillars to, to truly making your decision uh, for it to flow through and, and be successful. Oh, that's awesome. And, and, you know, I think as a young golf professional, you know, myself and, and others across the industry, and, and I think for the most part, a lot of them don't necessarily understand right away you know, maybe one or two of those pillars and, and you know, they know the day-to-day -day operations when it comes to uh, dealing with your members and guests, uh, the instruction side of things and, and, and retailing and merchandising. But, you know, I feel a lot of people can kind of really um, get more involved in understanding that brand, you know, what you are, what you represent, uh, and also, you know, thinking about the owners and, and their investment into uh, this golf course and uh, the resort itself. and. Uh, so just a really, uh, really great answer. I truly appreciate uh, your honesty and that talent. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, no worries.
So what would be the big expectations from golfers uh, coming from another club and, and whether that's their, their public golf course that they play, you know, three, four days a week uh, to that private club member um, anywhere in Alberta or Canada or the world for that matter. Um, you know, Stanley Thompson fanatics that are coming out here and seeing his, you know, in my opinion, his, his best golf course that uh, I think he created and opened in, in 1925. So, you know, what are some of those uh, expectations and, and how would that vary from, you know, the different golfers that uh, you see uh, here at JPL? Uh, that's a great question, Troy. Um, and I, I do think uh, the question um, varies from player to player, obviously. Um, expectations are uh, a little bit differently depending on uh, the market of player. I mean, obviously you have um, the Rocky Mountain experience. You have individuals that have been saving up, you know, a lifetime to, to go play the, the Rocky Mountain, uh, play in the Rocky Mountain region. Um, you have the Alberta market who potentially plays here from anywhere from one to, to 20 times in a year. Um, you have obviously the international market um, who are coming down uh, that have probably the only opportunity to play JPL. So it's really about consistency and playing ability and, and living up to those expectations of, uh, of playing one of Canada's you know, best golf courses. I was going to say, you know, you look at our, our golf course, we're just over 6,600 yards and, you know, what are some of the things that, you know, you see that can really hinder, you know, not only the, the best player, you know, but the beginner, there's, there's so much um, room on our golf course from the different tee decks we have and, and the different bunkers that come into play. You know, when you're working with our, our greens team, you know, what are some of the things that are communicated on uh, regarding, you know, playability and, and conditions and, and course setup on, on day to day? Ah, good question. I think one of the most important things, obviously, um, is, is when you're, you're talking about green speeds. Obviously, uh, we have very large greens uh, in Jasper, and we are uh, in a Rocky Mountain climate. So uh, the winters can be harsh, the winters can be mild, uh, and we can have uh, beautiful winters. So it, it does vary year over year on, um, on our conditioning. Um, so a lot of effort will be put into, you know, ensuring our, our greens are as fast as we can get them. Um, you know, Jaspers have been known to have resort speed, uh, resort speed greens. If we had them too fast, we'd have five and a half hour rounds out there. Um, obviously, conditioning is going to play a huge factor um, in the overall experience here at the course. So, you know, ensuring um, height of cut uh, stays consistent year over year. Obviously, attention to detail when it comes to all of your bunkering and surrounds. Um, those are going to play. Uh, a huge factor and also you have you have the you have the scenery there's you know that's been that's been here for for millions and millions of years and that can kind of you know you can kind of get lost in in just looking at the views out on the golf course so um, you know obviously having having the layout that's been here for 95 years um, you know with with obviously the views uh, it really helps enhance and enhance the experience and that's the expectation that a lot of the guests are, are coming here and, and um, we're here to deliver on now you hit that, you know, right, uh, right on the head there. Playability, having fun, um, you know, as you alluded to uh, in your answer, I think are, are big keys, and, and one of the reasons why JPL has, has been so successful. And you hear of a lot of people that come and, and play Jasper, and uh, when they're they're leaving after the round of golf, they're smiling from you know ear to ear that they just went out and, and shot their best score. They they broke 90 for the first time, or, or broke 80 for the first time, and. 
just adds to the memory. So no, that's uh, that's terrific, Talon. It's, it's a great answer. And one other one other point, obviously, is the wildlife expectation. Um, obviously, our our logo has uh, two giant uh, grizzly bears on it. So the expectation uh, for a, a lot of the international guests and some of our our regional market is, you know, they are going to see some wildlife when they are on the golf course. And um, you know, there's plenty of wildlife. You have elk. Uh, you can obviously run into some bears on the golf course, whether it's a grizzly bear, whether it's a brown bear, and that um, that just enhances the entire experience. And it is. Uh, it, uh, and it's a good one at that. Absolutely. Well, 90, 97 years and counting, we've had nothing but great experiences with, uh, with the wildlife out there. And, and uh, I can't agree anymore with how spectacular it is coming out and playing the golf course. You know, with those expectations of, you know, other uh, players coming from other clubs, I think it rolls into, you know, one of the next things we'd like to talk about, and that's uh, it's merchandising. And it seems to be a strong uh, suit for you, having won uh, multiple awards over the year within the association. And, you know, most recently in Jasper in uh, 2016 and 2018 as the PGL Alberta Retailer of the Year. Um, so when you're looking at uh, new uh, merchandise for the upcoming seasons, what are some of the ideas uh, and trends that you and your team are looking for? You know, not necessarily in, in clothing lines, but maybe some brands, accessories. Um, what are some of the, the big things that you're looking for to, to differentiate yourself from, from other facilities? I think the biggest thing you, you, is you truly want to understand your market. You want to understand who's coming to the golf course, you know, what their expectations are, and trying to buy for, for each and every one of your, your guests. Obviously, um, this past year, we, we had more of a regional market, whereas you know, historically would have much more of an international market. So you need a lot of brand recognition um, to sell to your golfers. So obviously, this past season, we we removed and cut a lot of the, the brands that were more recognized internationally um, and we stuck more with regional uh, brands that the majority of the market um, coming to play golf will, will, will understand. Um, when, it comes to, when it comes to fashion, I think I've, you know, I've always kind of had an eye for fashion going back into the Windermere Golf and Country Club days and, and merchandising there. So you do have to have, um, you have to have a little bit of an eye and you have to have some foresight um, to understand, you know, what's what's currently in fashion, um, you know, what's 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 trendy right now, and you know, using social media platforms right now is probably the easiest uh, way to get that information. You know, I can't tell you how many clubs I probably follow on my Instagram. Um, you know, you're always going on, you know, the top resorts in the um, obviously in the world and, and seeing what they're selling. Um, so it's truly. You know, it's truly understanding your market. It's truly understanding, um, you know, where the golf industry is headed. Obviously, you know, if you were asked that question 15, 20 years ago, um, the, the fashion has completely changed in the golf industry. It's much more leisure. It's much more casual, a lot more crossover pieces. So you really have to utilize that when you're, when you're putting your, your buying plan together. Um, you know, when you are going to your merchandise shows, when you're going to the, the PGA of Orlando show, which is currently on right now, um, you know, there's a lot more information you can get at those shows and sometimes you can get a, uh, more regionally. So it's a little bit on the onus of, of the buyer to, to ensure that you know, you're staying current and you understand, you understand your market. Obviously, we have a lot of individuals coming through the shop here, a lot of individuals that sometimes aren't even playing golf. So when it comes to accessories and brands, 
you know, you can take some risks and uh, you can fill the shop in with some accessories that you wouldn't necessarily sell on a golf course, but obviously we have a hotel attached, attached to the property. So um, it's almost anything and any, everything that, um, that, that's trending right now. That's, that's fantastic. And, you know, you had mentioned, you know, earlier in, in our podcast here, and that was, you know, branding and, and understanding your markets and, you know, more so last year. And I think moving forward uh, during these times, um, understanding that regionally um, there's there's different leisure trends that people like. It's it's a little bit more relaxed. Um, I think, you know, having worked here for, for multiple years, the trend of people, you know, wanting to wear, wear denim. And, you know, you look at uh, Harold Varner uh, with the hoodies and, and the controversy that caused. And I think it's thinking outside the box. And uh, you do a terrific job here um, in Jasper, um, again, setting up with the team, um, our award-winning golf shop and, and uh, offerings uh, on a day-to-day basis. So, no, just a phenomenal job, Tom. Yeah, thank you, and I appreciate that, Troy. And I think one of the one of the big things that you've seen with with fashion and where things are going. Anybody who's been playing golf for um, twenty years can probably see this. I mean, you look at golf clothing twenty years ago; uh, it was more dress attire. Um, it didn't really have a ton of athletic uh, materials. And where you look at we're at in twenty twenty one, you you go watch a PGA Tour event. Um, it's almost 100% athletic attire. So that's really where the change um, is going to be coming in retail. And uh, if, you haven't, uh, if you haven't noticed that, you're probably missing the boat a little bit. Um, but definitely, you need to, you need to pay attention uh, as much as you can on those social media outlets. You're watching PGA Tour. You're seeing what's in fashion, LPGA Tour, um, all of the tours to, to ensure you have that, the right product in your shop and, and to truly understand your market. You know, I do have to say, Talon, you, you do dress um, phenomenal. <laughs> this, this is a good-looking uh, good man, and, and we'll talk about some of the uncanny resemblance later on. But, uh, you know, um, looking at the resort facility, what is the, you know, one of the biggest or main focal points uh, running the day-to-day operation? And, you know, I speak of that at the golf club and, and at the actual golf course, but, you know, here in Jasper, um, in a large resort setting, you know, what do you feel are, are some big points with the hotel? Um, from the golf side of things? Yeah, I think the biggest component is um, the amount of work that's done behind the scenes. Um, more, not so much, um, you know, kind of a front of house operation, but, you know, just to highlight on some of those points is just your daily communication. You know, we're, we're, we're more than a golf course. We are a resort. There's, uh, you know, 467 rooms here on property. So, um, you know, golf is just one of the departments here on the resort. So, you know, each morning um, when it c- comes to communication, um, each one of the division heads or department heads will, will sit down uh, for about a half an hour each day and just kind of outline, you know, uh, what uh, information that uh, we might need to know. You know, obviously with, with arrivals, departures, groups that are coming in, VIP clientele, um, if there's a wedding, um, all of this will tie in uh, into, into, you know, obviously ensuring um, that we're going to be set up for success. And, um, you know, obviously another huge priority is, uh, especially last year, is, is health and safety. Um, it could be number one now. Um, obviously with all the COVID protocols in place, all the behind the scenes work that um, you have to ensure to, you know, making sure you have the right signage. Uh, making sure you're implying or complying with uh, AHS protocols, um, you know, and the optics of ensuring that you have proper signage all over the resort so guests truly feel comfortable uh, when they are here. 
Um, and another one is just holding accountability within your division um, is, is huge. Um, obviously, if, you know, myself running around, um, you know, with communication meetings or helping out um, in certain aspects of the resort, um, you know, your, your leaders, your head professional, your golf supervisors, your superintendents, everyone needs to be held accountable to, to ensure um, we're running a successful operation. No, it's very true. And, and, you know, you hit it again on the head, communication. Um, and understanding how important that is on a day-to-day -day basis and a big key to success not only here at the resort um, but for anyone um, whether it's a quick email or a quick text or just anticipating uh, what's coming uh, up uh, through the pipeline and, and just communicating all that through the various different uh, departments here at JPL so you know I, I truly appreciate that and, and kind of rolled right into um, talking about some some leadership qualities uh, and some and some skills that you look for uh, year to year when when building the team here in Jasper and you know having the uh, distinct honor of being the the 2019 uh, leader of the year here at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge you know what new insight do you do you bring to the table when when looking for uh, that new golf professional when you're looking for some assistance within golfer services when you're looking for uh, some assistance out on the ground screw, what are some of the, the things that you're looking for now and, and thinking that big picture uh, down the way? Good question, Troy. I think obviously when it comes to when it comes to hiring, um, hiring for success, you obviously want to have individuals that you can develop, uh, develop their talents, um, you know, develop their skill sets, um, and have kind of a good career path as as when they get here. Typically, you want an individual here from you know kind of two to four years, and then uh, you set them free, and then they and they'll go find another position uh, in, in the golf industry, whether that's a head professional, um, associate professional. Or, or you know a teaching professional but you really want to find and I think this is I think this is key and not only at a, in a golf industry but just in hiring in general is you want to hire individuals um, that have those talents um, skills can can be taught they can be uh, transferable but transferable but an individual with you know uh, born talents that um, you can truly see that's what's going to separate um, you know a great golf professional from a good golf professional and you know some of those qualities are um, high emotional intelligence um, outgoing personalities being self-motivated um, are they a problem solver uh, what is their critical thinking like these are all these are all talents that you know for the most part aren't taught um, this is something that's innate it's inside them that uh, truly separates themselves like where is their motivation coming from that's that's typically something that's not a skill set you can teach somebody that's something that they're born with and you know it's it's proven to have um, it's proven to have good results here in JPL obviously not only in in my time but uh, you know obviously in my predecessor's time as well because you know this is this is a pretty good training ground uh, to know everything you can uh, about a resort operation we truly hold people accountable here and um, you know one of the one of the the great aspects of coming here is that customer service so we are hiring um, you know individuals with with those talents absolutely that kind of passion that you know you display each and every day you come in uh, to the office, that's something that you're looking for in all your team members, and I think you've done a phenomenal job um, over the years oh, with you. your team. Um, everyone that, that comes through Jasper, um, all over Canada and, and all over the world um, over the years is just driven and they want to be here. They're so positive and energetic uh, coming into work every day, and, and I think that makes uh, your life a little easier having you know having a, a complete team that's dedicated to what you uh, you and the others uh, leaders. Uh, are trying to accomplish and you just do a phenomenal job.
I appreciate that, Troy. And obviously, one of those things about JPL is you, you are going to get you are going to get those resumes. Everyone knows um, about the Jasper Park Lodge Golf Resort, and you know each and every year um, when we're getting our uh, resumes, whether it's from uh, PGM schools or referrals from individuals that have worked here, um, it definitely makes. Um, my job a little bit easier to, to try and find those individuals that would be the right fit here for, for our team. You know, having spoke of, of predecessors and, and, and leaders within the association that you know you've had the privilege uh, to work for, I'm, I'm sure there's one that's uh, you know front and foremost, and, and it's a gentleman that uh, worked here for, for over 20 years. And you know, having worked for Alan Carter, um, you know, what were some of the valuable pieces of information that you know he passed along? to you over those uh, you know, three or four years that you had the pleasure of working for them and, and how did that uh, set yourself up for success and you know, moving from um, the head professional position which you held from 2012 to 2018 into the, the director of golf operations, you know, what are some of the things that uh, were valuable and, and really assisted you in, in getting to where you are today? Boy, I better make sure I answer this uh, question accurately because I'm sure Alan's going to be listening in. Um, but no, obviously Alan uh, is, has been a mentor of mine and um, he, he hired me here in 2012. Didn't hire me in 2010, but uh, um, you know I kept knocking on the door and eventually uh, he, you know, he did hire me. So um, he, Alan taught me, has taught me so many, so many things. Um, you know, if I was to, to say a few would be to be, be prepared, um, to be patient, and to be passionate. Um, you know, Alan was one of those guys, he was so prepared. You know, I was speaking earlier on monthly or uh, daily communication meetings. Um, he was so prepared for, for, for every meeting, yeah, very analytical from an analysis standpoint. You know, he, he's big into data analysis. And when you're, when you're talking to owners here on property, they talk a different uh, type of verbiage than a normal golf course. It's you know, it's year-over-year -year analysis. It's pre uh, precipitation levels. It's profitability. So these this language I was completely foreign to uh, in my first probably two to three years. Um, so you know, sitting in with these meetings with Alan and seeing how diligent and how prepared I just tried to you know absorb as much as I could, kind of like a sponge. Um, you know, being passionate, um, something I, I am, um, but I obviously learned a lot more um, from Alan about it. So obviously, when it comes to being passionate about your golf course, uh, when it comes to being passionate about everything to do with the golf industry, watching, um, you know, playing golf with Alan when we were playing with Golf Digest Raiders or Score Golf Raiders or VIP clientele, how he would... Um, the, the four hours and 20 minutes that, that he's playing with those, with the clientele, with the guests, you could just see the passion that he had about Jasper. You could see the passion. He knew so much about Stanley Thompson. Um, you know, and I'll be honest, when I, when I first got the job, I mean, I knew about Stanley Thompson, but I, I, I didn't know there was book after book after book on him. Um, I knew a lot about the Jasper Park Lodge, but I, I, didn't, I didn't know why each hole was designed the way it was and you know, what kind of Stanley's thoughts were. And you know, just a good example, we had a, we had a VIP uh, media fam and we were sitting down at dinner and, and Alan just started talking uh, a little bit about the golf course and, and Stanley and you know, it truly made me want to get to, to his level with his knowledge on, uh, on both. And being patient, um, that would be probably the, the biggest thing I've learned from Alan. Um, you know, 
I'm not going to say I'm a, re a reactionary person, but at times uh, the blood can run a little hot. Um, when if you were to watch Alan, his blood doesn't rise too much. And I, just a good example, we had a we had a member send an email. Uh, I can't remember if it was my first or second year, but you know it was it was a busy month. There was a lot of corporate play. Um, you know, members didn't have the accessibility to play as, as they normally would, and you know we had a disgruntled member, and he sent a he sent a pretty good email. Um, and uh, by pretty good, I mean it was pretty, pretty detailed on why we weren't doing some things and how we can do it better. And my first reaction would be to immediately respond to that email and, and probably respond from the heart. Um, and, I, and Alan said, you know what, I'm not going to respond to this today. I'm going to go home. I'm going to sleep on it. And uh, he came back the next day, and the email was, was very professional. It wasn't reactive. And that was probably the big, biggest learning experience uh, for me to see how he handled that situation because I know it, it probably got his blood going a little bit too. But, uh, you know, he took the high road. He slept on it, and, uh, you know, he worded his email very well, and it was, uh, it was a great learning experience for me. Yeah, he's a, he's a great man, and it was a pleasure working for him as well um, over the years. And for those that don't know, uh, Alan Carter... Um, Holds the, the course record, um, you know, it was 61, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, back in, jeez, uh, I think it was 2001 or 2002, I believe. So for those that uh, weren't aware of that, you know, um, not only is Alan a great man, a, a great mentor there of, of Talon, but course record holder here at JPL, uh, 61. So no, uh, thank you, uh, Talon, for, for sharing some of those insights that Alan passed along. And, and for our listeners out there, hopefully you're able to take a few things away from that as well. Well, Talon, I, I really thank you for, for uh, answering those questions honestly and insightfully um, with uh, regards to bringing you know, success year over year to the golf resort and, and speaking of customer service and, and leadership qualities and, and some of the merchandising techniques and just encompassing everything you could. So I really thank you for that. And, yeah, absolutely. And now, no uh, now I wanted to uh, bring, uh, get away from the business side of, of Talon Sweeney and, and talk a little bit about that uh, fun easygoing uh, lover boy side of, of Talon Sweeney and it's oh, got a, a couple questions you know um, for those that aren't aware uh, picture Clark Kent you know Superman or even uh, Squints Paladeros um, some of these nicknames uh, came along over the years and I'm curious uh, to know um, first we'll, we'll start with the Clark Kent did you know when when purchasing those those glasses and Gee, I think you told me it was 2011 or 12. Did, did you see that resemblance? I did. Was that your goal? No, I did not, no. But, uh, yeah, I got glasses, I think, when I was 20, 10 years ago now, so 26, my first or second year here. I bought a pair of black frame glasses and uh, definitely started to get the comments on Clark Kent, and it, uh, it still hangs around to this day. And then more, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll talk about the second nickname, which is, is really gaining momentum. And, um, you know, for those, uh, geez, the Sandlot, that was back in the 90s, and, and Squints Paladeros. Um, Squints. There, there's, a, there's a really uh, cool photo, which Talon will have to show you, um, when he was a kid, and I swear, you put it side by side, uh, and it is Squints. And, and this nickname has really started taking off. And the question that, uh, you know, someone asked me to ask you yeah. was, um, you got a beautiful dog, a massive name Arbor, but if you were to put Hercules in Arbor, side by side yeah. like they're almost identical is this another kind of tactic going after are you trying to to build your own <laughs> nicknames to, to to what you want them to be well i definitely won't lie i mean there's obviously nicknames that you like and there's nicknames that you don't like and 
how I got the nickname Squints was, um, it was probably eight or nine years ago as well. And we went, to, uh, there was uh, myself, a couple other golf pros from JPL at the time and some members, we went to the Waste Management Tournament. And uh, we were obviously on 16, um, having some Coors Lights or Bud Lights or whatever you want to call it. Soda Pops. Soda Pops, yeah, Soda Pops. And, um, you know, we were doing some, some betting on who's going to hit the greens, KPs, all that kind of stuff. And there started to get some chirping from uh, a few rows above us. And so we were chirping back, and it was just all in good fun. And then all of a sudden, someone yelled out, hey, squints, and something about, uh, um, uh, what was, uh, what's the girl's name uh, in Sandlot? Uh, Peppercorn, pepper. Uh, yeah, geez, I, I'd have to, I'd have to. Go Wendy, Wendy but, Peppercorn, and uh, it took me a couple of minutes to realize what he was making fun of me for, and then I realized, oh, it's squints, and I was wearing black frame glasses, and everyone just kind of looked at me, and they're like, oh, there's kind of a resemblance there. So I don't mind that nickname at all, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely stuck. I did get an English Mastiff, and it was um, to tech, to try and tie into the to the squints persona. But yeah, um, Arbor's not named the beast, but yeah, isn't it? She is an English Mastiff. And uh, it's, yeah, it's one of those nicknames that I don't mind. Uh, thanks for that. I can only imagine uh, the chirping going on down in, in Phoenix, um, which kind of rolls into my next question. Can you, uh, can you let us know what your greatest golf experience uh, was like and where that may have been? Oof, that's a good, that's a good one. I mean, specifically for one day, um, I would have to say Shadow Creek um, in Las Vegas where they've been playing um, the, the Tiger and Phil uh, matches and I, I think they had uh, the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning match there as well. So that was a, a once in a lifetime um, experience uh, as, as I believe you can only play there if you're staying, uh, if you're uh, with the, the wind properties. Um, so it was really cool. I got to go with our uh, Adidas sales rep and a few other PGA player, PGA guys, Alberta PGA guys. Um, another really good one was playing Torrey Pines in 2008. Uh, so that would have been the same year Tiger won. I think, I'm, I might be mistaken, but I thought there were two events played there that year. Anyways, um, you know, I, I wasn't able to get on the tee sheet, so I, I got up at about 5 a.m. and just hung out on the putting green, hopefully, um, hoping that someone would drop out. And, um, that's what happened. So I ended up playing with uh, an LPGA uh, tour caddy, a, a lawyer, and a doctor. So it was uh, it was a, a remarkable experience. And then obviously watching Tiger win in 2008 on the same course that you played on. So it kind of tied in um, to a really good experience. Another really good one was uh, going to the Philippines uh, two winters ago. Uh, I think there was 12, 12 of us, 12 PGA Tour players, or sorry, Alberta PGA Tour pros. And uh, we took 14 days, and I think we played 10 different golf courses. And it was it was truly one of the, from a golf experience, from from more than one day, um, that would have to be number one, no question. That kind of rolls into my my next uh, question for you. After you speaking of your golf experiences, and in every golf experience that kind of rolled around uh, Tiger, who's your who's your favorite tour pro? That's the easiest question you could ever ask. It's Tiger Woods, no question, greatest of all time. Uh, just for the record, uh, Phil did beat him at uh, Shadow Creek in, in the match, the inaugural match. Um, my next question for you, Talon. Um, can you please tell me what your greatest birdie here at JPL has been over the years? And, and not just, um, you know, your tenure um, here in Jasper, but, you know, the years that uh, you, you know, lived in, in Edson and, and uh, Stony Plain and, 
and just actually worked at several facilities down Highway 16. So, uh, what's your what's your greatest birdie here at JPL? Well, I think you'll remember that one pretty vividly. Uh, so, so our members uh, would obviously be uh, birdie on 18 to retain the lefties versus righties uh, Ryder Cup. Um, just to elaborate a little bit more on this, um, they've had a lefty versus or lay uh, the J Jasper Park Lodge introduced a lefty versus righty. Uh, Ryder Cup probably about 10 years ago and the, the lefties at that point had still never never won um, obviously Troy and myself will play you know three or four matches throughout the year and um, just keeping the undefeated streak going alive and I was down I was down four I think on the 11th tee um, got a couple back I think I shanked one on the seven my approach shot on the 17th hole uh, cue the, sh the shank sound that was uh, a very uh, large Hazel to the bunker. Yeah, so we were, I got her to even back on the match on 17 and I shanked it. So I go one down. Um, we're obviously the last, the last group. We have 24 members hanging out um, on the, obviously on the green. Um, you know, I jacked a drive, probably about 300 yards. Um, that's jacked for me. Uh, I've had about 115 yards and I've been working on this cut 50 degree shot. And uh, you know, it's just one of those shots. I hit it to about four feet. Um, you hit it right. Um, managed to, I think you got a four iron on, on, on the bunker. I pretty much thought it was over at that time. Um, you hit a, probably, a, uh, probably a 40-yard bunker shot to about 9, 10 feet past the hole. Um, I wasn't looking at you. Uh, all of us concentrated is on my, you know, four and a half, five-foot putt. You then proceed to make the putt. We, no one has it on camera. It would have been probably the greatest stared on of all time because I could feel your eyes uh, staring at the back of my head. I could, but I didn't look at you. Um, we didn't know what it was worth, and I stepped up and, you know, yeah, sure, it was only four and a half putt, but it was it was a big putt, and uh, everyone got to see it, and I still got to keep my streak uh, undefeated match streak going on you. Um, so it was it was a really cool experience. I would by far be my greatest birdie. Uh, on 18, but uh, the, the following year, the lefties did finally win uh, the lefty versus Ryder Cup. Lefty versus righty Ryder Cup. For the record, that's the the longest four-foot putt I've ever seen made. I, I think it was hit to uh, to tap in. Uh, if it wasn't so much on the line, it, it would have been a gimme. But uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for bringing that up. Um, great birdie, uh, let you right back in, um, and uh, it, it was a pretty phenomenal bunker shot. Uh, kind of rolls uh, into into my next. Uh, it's more of asking for advice. And, and last year, uh, we had the distinct honor of, of showcasing our golf course and, and our resort off to the uh, fellow professionals within the PGA of Alberta in the 2020 Pro Assistant. And um, you know, as that host and, and the director of golf at that host facility, and and you're on that tee, and, and obviously things are, are spaced out a little bit, but there's a few eyes. What sort of advice can you can you give to those professionals that are hosting an event that are that are on the first tee with all the eyes drawn attention to to successfully get one out uh, down the fairway and in play? What sort of advice can you can you give uh, our fellow listeners? Well, I can definitely say do as I uh, say, not as I do. Uh, but you know, there's uh, the mental capacity in my head uh, can vary from year over year when it comes to pressure and playing golf. I think I hit a. And a hundred yard worm burner off the first hole on that one, but the second day I managed to pump one out there. Um, you know, advice is to try and get out of your head. Can I tell you how to do that? Probably not, because it's still uh, 
remains uh, in my mind um, as you still get nervous on, on some big stages. But I think as you get a little bit older, you, you start to care a little bit less. And in the grand scheme of things, it's not about your performance. It's about getting everybody to camaraderie. Um, you know, it was such an amazing uh, event to host last year, obviously, with the circumstances and not knowing if we were golf courses were going to be open or not. Um, and then to be able to, to host here and have, you know, probably our two most beautiful days of the year um, was awesome. Um, yeah, I can't really say too much more on the on. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about having a, a great partner following following uh, lead with all that weight on the shoulders, but uh, no, you, you really came back day two, and, and uh, I didn't let you know about that particular question. So I really appreciate uh, you honestly <laughs> answering that, and uh, what a fun two days, and and, uh, and uh, man, hopefully we can get that back in, in the years to come. Um, next question uh, for you. Um, Really big one. Uh, what would your proudest moment be uh, as a golf professional? I know you became a Class A member into the PGA of Canada in 2007, and I'm sure that's up there. But uh, you know, what's your proudest moment? Um, yeah, there's a couple. Um, you know, there's personal and there's professional moments. I think obviously playing in. Um, it was a huge moment for me. Uh, I didn't actually start getting quite good at golf. I you know would say I wasn't a very, that good of a junior. It wasn't. Uh, that great of an amateur probably held a you know five or six handicap. So putting in the work and the time um, to pass your playing ability on your first on your first go was was a pretty big moment. Um, you know, writing that Class A exam uh, before I had uh, before I headed to Australia. Um, you know, becoming a head golf professional at 22 years old was uh, you know it's a good feather in the cap. And I mean, obviously there's a little bit of uh, you know, it's a little bit of luck involved, I guess, in that one. As uh, as I knew the the director of golf, um, general manager, and you know he had obviously worked for me and um, you know played a lot of golf with with my dad growing up. But still, to to be 22 years old and call yourself uh, you know a head golf pro was pretty cool. Um, and then obviously everything JPL, um, you know, becoming the director of golf, your interim director of golf. You know, it's it's a pretty special place uh, for me. So obviously being. You know, being here for the past you know, past nine years is, is probably you know it holds a it holds a special place in my heart. Time flies when you're having a great time. That's, that's right. That's nine years. I think collectively we've got we've got 22 years uh, on the mic here at, at JPL. So um, you know, something in the water, which uh, kind of rolls in. Uh, it's one of my my last two questions for you here today, Talon. Um, you know, what do you enjoy most about living in in the Canadian Rockies and in, in our absolutely stunning, wonderful little resort community we call Jasper. You know, I think this place grows on you. Um, you know, my first two years, my first two years here, obviously, I came from an, another rural club, and it was a, it was a completely different atmosphere, obviously. Um, you know, I've always grown up in rural areas, but this is this is remote. It's it's a it's a smaller town. It's a it's a hospitality town. And, you know, I wouldn't say mountains were um, you know the most important thing in my life at the time. Um, but I tell you what, every time you're driving back home to Jasper now, and you see and you see the mountains, it's um, it's almost like a, a relaxing uh, breath of fresh air. So this place, uh, this this place definitely does something 
something to you. Um, one of the last, or the last <clears throat> round I ever played with my father uh, would have been out here. So that uh, definitely holds a special spot in my heart. And that was before I became a pro here. So, you know, there's, there's that that ties in, um, you know, just the accumulation of, of nine years here, the friends, the friends that you meet, um, you know, the, the colleagues that come through here year over year and still come back after they've left. Um, it's just such a special, special place. And, you know, so many good golf professionals uh, come here. And um, it's, like I said, this is just such a good training ground for anybody um, who wants to, to be in the golf association. That's awesome. And, and for those that haven't been to Jasper, or haven't been back to Jasper in years, you know, get, get down here, make some time to, to come to the Rockies and uh, enjoy not only our golf course, but the resort setting, but uh, the community itself. There's just so many phenomenal places in town, hikes, uh, mountain view vistas, it's just phenomenal. So kind of brings me, um, you know, to my last question today, and uh, kind of ties both into to business and the fun side of town, but um, where do you see the golf industry going in the, in the years to come? Oh, I think it's going to continue to um, hopefully attract new players. Obviously, we're, we're in a time where um, golf needs to do as much as they can to market to millennials, to the younger golfers, as you know, a lot of the individuals who've been playing golf for the last 40, 50 years are, are now starting to, to slowly decrease. And uh, we need to, uh, you know, as an industry as a whole, do what we can to, to market this game to absolutely everybody. It's, you know, you, you look at where the game has gone um, from, you know, 100 years ago to where we are today. I'm gonna, you know, you're, you are gonna see relaxed dress codes if um, you want to continue, depending on whether it's a resort, it's a public course, it's a private facility, we need to adapt. You need to pivot to the new market. Uh, you're going to see, a, you know, a lot of more, a lot more integration. Um, the ability to obviously contactless payments. I mean, obviously, COVID um, has definitely brought a lot of these. Um, issues to the forefront. Um, you're going to see a lot more techno technological advances when it comes to the golf industry. Um, you're going to need to do whatever you can to to drive uh, members, uh, to drive guest play, to drive group play. So um, I, I do think you're going to see um, an increase in golf. Obviously, um, it's definitely helped with you know knowing this is you know golf can be played in a, a very safe outdoor environment. Um, so yeah, I think you're going to see. A lot of younger golfers, uh, I think you're going to see relaxed dress codes. I think you're going to see more of a social uh, setting if you haven't seen it already. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, do what you can to grow and, and try not to restrict it too much. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Talon. I think the, the game of golf and the industry is in a, is in a great spot um, you know, moving forward, even with all the heightened protocols in place. And everyone's doing a great job. So you know, I, I really, truly appreciate uh, are you taking uh, the time out of your busy off-season schedule your talent today to, to come to uh, this podcast? This was this was our first podcast and um, for the PGA of Alberta, the Ever So Evolving Education Series. Uh, I'm sure our listeners today enjoyed getting to know you better, um, both from the business side and how you continuously bring success to Canada's number one golf resort, but uh, you know the kind of the fun talent side, some of those great stories. So you know, thank you for that. A quick shout out before I pass things over to you, talent to our. Our executive producer, our, our techie, Ms. Delaney Hart, thank you for, for everything for uh, this podcast. And, and Talon, I'll, I'll leave you to finish up. 
Oh, thanks, Troy. I appreciate it. It was nice to have an opportunity to sit down and, and obviously uh, talk about, you know, kind of what we do here in Jasper to, uh, you know, ensure that, um, you know, we definitely set this place up for success. And, you know, like I said, there's more than, um, you know, it's, we have members here, we have, uh, we have guests, we have groups. So uh, there's, there's just so many different aspects, uh, so many moving parts here to ensure that, you know, we do uh, make the best decisions and, and obviously create those world-class experiences. So, um, thanks again for having me, and um, we'll see you soon. Take care, everyone.